Welcome to this week's Secret Dinosaur Cult Meeting. Please welcome to the ceremonial podium the Chief Daddies, Sophie Hagen and Jodie Mitchell. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for uh, just not leaving anything on the table. My God, um, you haven't even bothered to hide it properly. I'm affronted. I've hidden anything. Were there Danish sweets on the table? No. I heard them say no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting the Danish sweets. When is I saw the little Danish... cube, Is there the little cube of hard marshmallow in it? <sighs> <laughs> That's the sound of uh, a very conflicted person <laughs> who's like, I don't know whose side I should be on. <laughs> It's okay. It was very kind of you to bring them here, and I, I will fight you to the death, Hagen. I will. <gasps> no, you don't There's have to give us your one. own Danish sweets. Did you no, go to Scandinavian can... Kitchen? Yeah, this is so the best thing that's ever happened to me, and uh, I could cry with happiness over it. And I will also fight you to the death for them. And I will, I will make my case. Yep. Did did you, mm-hmm. or did you not mm-hmm. throw out Danish sweets? Well, to be no, did you or did you not? <laughs> Did you or did you not? It was only the licorice. The licorice you is the worst part. Thank Danish you. sweets. It was and now salt you want licorice. This gift it was that, that salt was given licorice, to only me. It's like Satan's anus makes salt licorice. It's horrible. It yeah, I think exist. I made my case okay, for why you enough. are not getting. Look at that. It's touching the little pillow, the, the licorice thing, because they're friends. And you threw out one of its friends. You threw out imported Danish. You're right, I rejected it. I'm my dad. (laughs) Exactly. Now you know how it feels. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can keep them. (laughs) Thank you very much. Hello. Hello. We're now going to, for the purposes of this edit, we will now pretend that the last episode did not happen and you've just arrived. (laughs) Welcome to next week. This this week. Thanks for coming last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> welcome to the cult meeting, and well done for finding your way into this uh, very new uh, cult basement. And uh, well done on remembering the secret password that you needed to get in, and you managed to answer the <laughs> limerick. Is that <laughs> it? Can you answer a limerick? The quiz, <laughs> pub quiz, uh, the troll <laughs> under the bridge did. I don't know. I didn't read uh, Lord of the Rings, but. Um, <laughs> Do you, just to check, do you view Lord of the Rings as like the pagan Bible? Is that. There's a, there's a bit in Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. where. Frodo? The, no. The. Ah, uh, mine. Sam. Smeagol. 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 There's a thing where someone has to answer some, uh, like a riddle. Riddle was the word I was looking for, not limerick. When does Smeagol have to answer a riddle? No, it's does not. That Yes, in the Hobbit. In the yeah. Hobbit. Oh, see, I didn't watch that. Um, <laughs> I some also of us have taste. I also <laughs> did not watch that. I read it. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so sorry for being so much better than you. Mm, anyways, <laughs> so much pride in having read the the shortest one that's aimed at I also, children. I also didn't. 
I also didn't. Re- I had it read to me <laughs> when I was a child. Anyways, thank you for coming, and uh, well done on uh, managing to explain to your loved ones that you were going to a lecture on dinosaurs. And when they were like, "Oh, do you mean a cult?" You were like, "No." And well done on tricking them, because mm. you're now part of the cult. Welcome. And um, we, will, we will eventually give you some dinosaur information so you can you know, keep the, the guys up and um, be able to spread some knowledge so that you can still keep pretending you're in a dinosaur lecture club. Yeah. But do remember the first rule of Secret Dinosaur Cult. It is... Please, please talk about it. Talk about talk it. Talk about it all the time. all your friends on Twitter. But, you know, pretend it's a... It's about dinosaurs. A club about dinosaurs. Hello. Hi. What's the reason we are gathered here today? Ah, well, the reason we're gathered here today is to tell you what you should think about energy. Just a tight little easy topic. Yeah, it's chill, it's normal, it's not complicated. (laughs) Science knows loads about it. I don't think it's going to be a scientific point of view this No, 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 no. But we'll be talking about that. I'm invited to a... um, it's not called what's it called black tie event so it took a long time for me to find like a decent sort of jumpsuit that was just like black and looked a bit classy yeah but then i'm also wearing like really dirty white sneakers so i don't know how how that's gonna go down nice i've never been rejected for what i was wearing before but i'm very excited Mm. to be turned away at the door oh i think you look excellent well i think i look excellent Mm. i mean thank you but (laughs) where is it is it a fancy venue it's called like Dalston Do- Do- Boys Club or something. What a weird name. Yeah, I'm not sure about it. Are you sure it's real? <laughs> oh, God, imagine that's, that's the level of reached to I'm imagining being invited to parties. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to gaslight you about the party. I'm sure it's real. Um, your reality is valid. Very sorry. <laughs> it's, easy. it's easy to let it happen sometimes. I had a nightmare um, last night that my... It, it's weird because it was a nightmare. Like I had, like it was really scary. But what happened was my friend turned up really early and wanted to hang out, and I was still asleep. That was it. He was like had like a, like a some kind of energy drink, and he was like, "Hey, let's hang out." And I was just like still in my pajamas, like, "No, it's too early. <laughs> like it shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a nightmare." Oh my god! I meant to tell you about my dream I had last night. <gasps> And dreams are so boring. I don't um, think they are. I think, I think, if, I think if you so think the dreams are boring, sometimes. you don't. You 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 you're stupid. You have shit dreams. <laughs> no, I think it's then that, like if you don't know that dreams are a way of knowing like some really deep shit about the person mm-hmm. who tells them, and mm-hmm. you can know more about them than they want you to know. Like that's what you take advantage of. So mm-hmm. they're like, I don't. I kiss my mom. You're like, okay, <laughs> you don't know what you just told me. <laughs> I see you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this dream I meant to tell you about because I had a dream last night that we were in Copenhagen and that my queer comedy collective was there and that they all knew how to speak Danish (laughs) and they'd all been learning Danish so that they could tour around Europe and I was the only one that couldn't speak it. That's amazing. So now you know (laughs) what we've been plotting. (laughs) I am the new Jodie Mitchell in the lull word. For the Danish takeover. For the Danish takeover. Hey, gun! Hey, Jan! That's the Danish way of pronouncing it. It's fine. <laughs> it would have worked really well in, in Denmark. What is it again? Hein. Again? You can't. You can't say it. That's the whole point. You, can't, you cannot pronounce my name in Danish. That's no, why. No, no, I know I can't. I just. Sophia Hein. Mm. Tricky. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> just going to back out. <clears throat> I think there's maybe like one. Are you from Denmark? My parents. Were Your parents are. Uh, okay. Could you say it then? Yeah, no, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's supposed to be an anxiety well, no, no. safe gig as well. <laughs> we're like, perform Danish for us. You're Danish no, now. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, just not correct, but it was beautiful. <laughs> they gave Thank us you. gifts as well. No, oh, I'm so it's, sorry. For, it's probably for it's probably for the better. You don't really use it for much. Because even when you're in Denmark and people and you, I've heard people like try and speak Danish, and then Danish people are like. Yeah, I'm going to do this in English. And, um, it's really condescending. It was, you did enjoy it, though, when uh, that waiter thought that we were both English. Oh, yeah, that was mm. exciting. Oh, And I was hoping that he would say something in Danish about us. So I could be like, ah, surprise. But he didn't. He didn't. Just peel off your face. <laughs> I was Danish all along. Yeah, yeah, Danska. Again, would have worked in Denmark. Um... <laughs> I would say that your Danish is actually terrible. Speaking <laughs> of things that are terrible. <clears throat> That's very smooth. <laughs> First order of business repentance. Jody. How have you been a terrible person? I have done one of the most passive-aggressive things I've ever done in my entire life in my flat. Um, in my flat, there is a budgie. He is called Puddle. He is inordinately loud. He screams every time humans leave the room. He is having a constant existential crisis. I have a lot of feelings about it. Justine, edit this out. I hate Puddle the Budgie. I hate him so much. My flatmate loves Puddle the Budgie and I hate him. Sometimes he grooms her eyelashes and she thinks it's cute. I think it's disgusting. Is this the same bird that gave you chlamydia? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's the one that gave me chlamydia in my eye. That I talked about on Mopod and then Chortle published an article about it. It was the first time I'd ever been in a British comedy magazine. My mum read it and I hate Puddle the Budgie. <sighs> a lot of them have chlamydia. No one talks about Why don't people know? The chlamydia animals are like koalas, budgies. No one talks about it. Justine, Justine, please don't edit that out. Justine, you have to edit it please out. Izzy is not comfortable with me talking about how Puddle gave me chlamydia. <laughs> anyway. He was being very loud. And I decided that it was very, very important that um, the door to the living room, which is right next to my room, started to be closed. Now, I did talk to my flatmates about this several times, and each time they would leave the door ajar. Or they would, like, close it a bit, but it would still be open a bit. Which is interesting, because one of them has a physics degree and definitely <laughs> knows how sound works. Um, and so the sound would come round the door and come into my room while I'm sleeping. And the sound is a lot like... Um, and so I haven't been sleeping that much and I'm really tired um, so I talked to them about it a few times and one of the rules of the flat is no passive aggressiveness you know we're up front with each other when you have a need you just state the need um, but the door wasn't being closed properly so what I've spent several days of this week doing is making my own fire door automatic adjuster out of a water bottle several weights and um, a piece of string which I've now attached to the door without talking to anyone about it and it's caused a lot of tension 
That's amazing. Um, I forgive you. Thank you. We forgive you, Thanks, guys. R.I.P. My eyeball. <laughs> For those of you that are listening, you don't get to know what that's in reference to. <laughs> it's very personal, but... If you really want to know, why don't you just go and read the Chortle uh, article that Steve Bennett allowed to be published. (laughs) Sophie, Mm. how have you been a terrible person this week? Well, it wasn't this week. It was uh, when I was 12. I I applied... I joined a lot of competitions in the the teen magazine, Vyunge, which means us young people. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the competitions uh, I, I won, and it was to go into the, the the building and then get a makeover, and then you would get your little picture in the corner of the magazine with like the new makeup, and then the, you'd have to ask answer questions like, what kind of clothes do you wear? What's your favorite makeup? You know, stuff like that. But I was very much anti everything. Mm. everything apart from Westlife. <laughs> so I wore a Westlife T-shirt, and uh, they were like, so what makeup do you wear? I was like, I never wear makeup. And they're like, oh. <laughs> so they put makeup on me, and then the questions were just like, do you, what kind of makeup do you wear? And I was like, nothing. It's, and this is what it was printed in the magazine, nothing. Why not? Because I don't want to look like the bimbos at my school. <laughs> And that was printed in this magazine that everyone ran. <laughs> what do you wear? Westlife clothes. <laughs> 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 what, why, what else do you wear? I was like, trousers, because I don't want to wear skirts. Like those bimbos at my school. <laughs> and this like poor journalist was just like, uh, um, I, okay. So this is this picture of me in this Westlife shirt, like angrily wearing makeup for the first time in my life, just being like, you're all bimbos. And that was... um. There was a meeting uh, with all the girls in my class and me, and I was uh, wrongfully accused of bullying (laughs) (laughs) through uh, a national teen magazine. (laughs) I can't believe you slut-shamed when you were 12. Oh, but they were real bimbos, like real bimbos. (laughs) I had 100% slut-shamed. I was such a misogynist. Actually, I was just like really insecure about my own femininity, and like I felt like there was a lack of femininity, and I wasn't a real girl. So instead of, you know, dealing with that and owning that, I was a twelve-year-old who didn't just dealt with it by lashing out at society. And really, it's not my fault. Mm. Also, there were such bimbos, like <laughs> super sluts. <laughs> well, Sophie, in light of all of the excellent feminist work you've done since then. <laughs> And only in light of that, I forgive you. We forgive you, Sophie. Oh, thanks, sluts. <laughs> I, I, couldn't not, I couldn't not do that. You, you must understand. It was tempting. It was tempting. It's, it's very understandable. Um, so Speaking now, of... Spe- <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Don't you dare. I know what segue you wanted to make, and it's wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> Speaking of why we feel the need to be funny. (laughs) The second order of business is cleansing, and it's now time for the Daddy Hole segment. And I will now begin 
the ceremonial daddy chant. Um, now, I'd like to apologise slightly, because <laughs> um, what's happened is I've discovered that the entire Lame Is soundtrack is just ripe for the daddy hole jingling. Um, Are you going to do, like, three hours now? <laughs> it's just all so, like, ugh, I can't stop myself. There is a father who is proud. I dream of him when I'm asleep. He is left wing and wouldn't vote leave. He wouldn't say that to's a crowd. But there's also a dad who's really shite. Hugs me and then he says goodbye. He's literally impossible to touch. He says, Jody, I won't call you very much. <laughs> I know a dad whose post's not lost. I know a dad who does not lie. Lying and leaving aren't allowed. Not in my dream where my dad's proud. <laughs> well, look who's here. <laughs> Your little daddy himself, this bit's my mum. <laughs> Pretending once again he's been so awfully good. <laughs> Better not let me catch you leaving. Better not tell us lies. Minimum child support you send me. What is that gonna buy? Now take that used Volkswagen Polo. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking massive cunt. <laughs> And drive yourself off into hell. Thank you. (laughs) It was actually quite hard to stop because the next bit about Eponine, I really wanted to make it about my sister. And it would have been really, really, it would have been easy. Should we do like a big Christmas show that's just the entire Les Mis but with daddy songs? A hundred percent. I feel like there's support for that. (laughs) It'll just be like a really dark version of a musical. (laughs) Yeah. We should talk to Kiri. Talk to Kiri and and Comedy Central, see if they're interested. Yeah, you know, just because we're nice people, we'll do that. So, Sophie, Mm. how have you filled your daddy hole this week? So... I finally realized um, what was wrong with my flat. Yeah. By flat, I mean living, bedroom, the room that is my flat. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've wanted to do something with it, and, and I've always felt like it needed something. Like it didn't look right. And then I was sick for like a week in bed and kind of feverish, and then it occurred to me that I've been mixing... Vivid colors with pastel. You're sick. I know. But (laughs) that opened up like the solution. Can't look at you. Pick one, right? Now, I've always been vivid, right? Always been vivid. Always had vivid colors everywhere. Mm. But it's, that's tricky. Mm. It's It's a tricky look. It's a tricky aesthetic. So instead, I spent a lot of time, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of money, I didn't, don't particularly have on getting rid of everything that was in a vivid color mm. 
and putting in pastel. So now my whole flat slash room has like a theme. Mm-hmm. So it's like like it's all the same tones of colors and it's pastel. And did it work? Did he come back? No. <laughs> Jody, how did you fill your daddy hole this week? I went to the barbers and I got my um my head shaved again and it it put tiny hairs on some of my t-shirts. Um so before I put them in the wash, I lint rolled them and I realized that the um the sort of top layer of my lint roller had become too dusty to operate properly. So I I took the top layer off. <laughs> Did it work? Did he come back? No. <laughs> so that's that that Sub bit. It. Um, <clears throat> it's all pink. Your room? Yeah. You've made it pastel pink? Yeah. Pink and grey. That's quite a nice colour scheme. I quite like it. Yeah. And then I went to my therapist and she was like, I was just talking about my feelings. That's what you're meant to do. And she was like, you know what? It sounds a lot like um, like you really have a connection with like your child self at the moment. And you shouldn't be surprised if uh, some of the decisions you make are a bit childish. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I just made my entire home pink. <laughs> I don't think that's me. That's like a little eight-year-old me being like, Princess <laughs> Sophie. Yeah, be like, wow. in a week, I'll be like, I don't like pink. <laughs> Anyways. Am I going to come around your house and there's going to be like a a slide that's replaced the stairs and stuff like that. <laughs> Who am I kidding? You don't have don't stairs. Have stairs. <laughs> that would require another room <laughs> where the stairs lead into. <clears throat> I do believe it's time to introduce the dinosaur. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Oh, God. Now, when you go home to your loved ones, they will obviously be like, hmm, you seem to have been at a cult. And then you need to be like, no, it was a lecture about dinosaurs. And then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, name one. So, the one you will bring up. I mean, so it's called Tianyulong. Confuciusi. <laughs> I can't. Have you made it up? <laughs> I wish I had. It's going to sound Is like this it. your child self being like, blah, 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 meow, meow, meow. <laughs> it has. The way I will describe it, if you imagine a man saying, ha, gotcha! That's how it would stand. It's traumatic. <laughs> and then it has it, its head is its head is like like it has like a <laughs> it's people helping me. <laughs> I, I look so confused. It's the size Thank of a you. cat, and it um, has like a beak and a long thin tail. And then I've already described sort of how it's standing. Aha! Gotcha! <laughs> and then it has, um, like, kind of weird feathers. Like, fussy feathers. 
in sort of like a mohawk. What? Okay. Fe- fussy feathers in a mohawk. Okay. On top of its body, that's like, aha! Gotcha. And then it has a beak and a long naked tail. <laughs> Aren't they just supposed to be naked in general? No, because it has... Well, that's a whole thing. Oh, because we'll it's the feathers. That. Okay. So it has a small, agile body, the size of a cat. Uh, it was from the late Jurassic period, which is like, oh, f- I mean... So decades, long ago. Decades ago. Like, my grandmother wasn't alive. It was, like, before that. <laughs> At least 158.5 million years ago. It's 70 centimeters long. <laughs> Well, you g- you gave a really specific angle. Yeah, it's true, it's just a weird angle. It's right. It's, uh, and okay. it's feathery all over. No, it has uh, a f- <laughs> part from the tail. A feather, a fussy feather mohawk on its back. Uh, okay, but its tail is naked. Um, now, and it's a heterodontosaurid. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is because it was mentioned in an article by one of my favorite new. Paleo enthusiasts, Brian Switek. Now, I, t- I saw that Brian had written this article, so I had to look up Brian and find out who he was. And this is the ways that he was described on various websites. He's a science writer and an amateur paleontologist. He's a fossil fanatic. <laughs> and he is a, a freelance science writer who has devoted his career to pursuing prehistoric life. Uh, he's also the author of the book... My beloved Brontosaurus. <laughs> Already, I fucking love Brian. I love Brian. He has no actual credentials. He just really fucking loves dinosaurs. He loves dinosaurs. Mm. And he wrote an article that angrily was called, I'm tired of seeing naked dinosaurs. <laughs> they like, are filthy. <laughs> I would like to read to you. Um, the He's slut shamed worse than you did as a child. <laughs> That's why you love him. <laughs> I really like him. He's so passionate. This is the beginning of his Guardian article about the naked dinosaurs. Hmm. While walking through a National History Museum gift shop a few years ago, I spotted a plush velociraptor among the piles of dinosauri... Th- dinosauriana? I think that's a made-up word, Yeah, Brian. I think it's a thing. <laughs> and then there was... Frankly... It looked pretty stupid. (laughs) Covered in a soft, fussy coat of four feathers, it lacked the reptilian menace of the predatory dinosaurs I remembered from my youth. This theropod looked more likely to cuddle someone to death than sink its hyper-extendable toe claws into its hapless victim. Surely the feathers were just a speculation based on the close relationship between some dinosaurs and birds? Velociraptor never would have looked so silly. <laughs> but it's ba- the article... It's just so much to unpick there. It's so good. It is so good. He's so passionate. Yeah. But the whole article is like... The point of this is like, that's how I used to feel. But now I realize that, yeah, actually, they had feathers. And in this article he then mentions um this tian tianuilong uh as a mentioning of it it was a a, a dinosaur that you wouldn't expect to have feathers yeah but then it did that's why they mentioned it right now um he was tired of seeing naked dinosaurs Mm. he did not have the energy 
to see naked dinosaurs. The theme that we will tell you what to think about is energy. That was great. Which is based on Brian Switek's lack thereof. <laughs> can, I, can I see you? You can. <laughs> this is what I've done. <laughs> it's not even that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotcha. Right? That's gotcha. like That's like I've caught a football. That's not got ya. That's like... No, it's ah. Hey. Yeah, it's that's, hey, gotcha. Okay, well, I just like... I interpret gotcha as more terrifying, which is what this is, which is why he says, fear me, I'm terrifying. It's actually really close, except it's not a thin tail, but it's fine. Yeah, I made the gotcha. tail a bit too thick. We're going to put both of these uh, real realistic photos yeah. on Instagram. You can study um, them. So other cult members can see mm. who are listening but not here. So energy. I mean, it's a big topic, isn't it? Um, I think my... The reason I'm thinking a lot about it these days is because I, I guess about my therapist. Um, I haven't seen her for like two months, so I'm very Whoa. obsessed with what we've been uncovering. And she, she was talking a lot about how, how much trauma and dealing with trauma on a daily basis drains you. Oh, it's tiring, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so thank you for coming. <laughs> no, I was just, it was just quite nice. I, I have, like, my big trigger word is lazy. And I, mm. I mean, like, trigger word. Like, when someone, if someone calls me or even jokes about me being lazy, it's the worst thing. It is the worst word. Like, I, I will completely lose my shit. Because that's, like, when I was really depressed, that was the word that was used the most. Like, oh, you're just being lazy. Yeah. And I was, like, trying so hard to not, like, be in bed all the time. But that's all you want to do. So for someone like my therapist to be like, oh no, what is happening inside of you is like a wall. There's a wall inside your head on a daily basis. So if you can't get out of bed for the first two hours after you're awake, that is so understandable. Mm -hmm. If you're a high-functioning, uh, complex uh, uh, PTSD survivor, basically. Mm -hmm. So that is like a constant thing that's happening. So whilst people who are not neurodiverse, uh, neurotypical people you know, after like eight hours at work and they're a bit tired, that's what has happened in the first two minutes in your head where you're just like, I'm dead now, I want to sleep, but it's 10 a.m. Yeah, it's like wading through treacle constantly. What? Wading through treacle is an treacle. expression that's like, um, if you visualize it, it's like you're trying to walk through like really thick, cloying liquid. Waiting for... Wading. Wading. So it's like, wa like wading <laughs> is like, I feel like we've gone on a tangent. <laughs> Wading is when you're trying to walk through water. So it's oh, when yes. your legs are apart and you're trying yeah. to get through really thick liquid. And treacle. Treacle. Treacle is, um, guys, help me out here. Like all quicksand. Very quiet. Is it quicksand? Yeah, it's like sticky syrup. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, remember yeah. quicksand? Yeah. It played scary. such a big part of one's childhood and you've Why had to deal with it that? surprisingly little i don't understand like, yeah and lava as well quite oh, a lot lava. of lava oh my god and we're, yet, we're so prepared for it how did we grow up thinking about lava so much and yet we will not admit that the world is ending we're just like no floor's made of lava ha ha no actually no really gareth really, you're it is <laughs> sorry i went to my rage place again um <laughs> Yes, it is like wading through treacle. Yeah. So sorry, so I'll never say that again <laughs> in my life. I know that if I say this outside of this, this basement, someone's going to be like, what? That's not a thing. Someone took the piss. I'll be like, oh, not again. 
Um, but I do, I validate and have experienced what you are talking about. Yeah, mm. good. My um, trigger word, interestingly, is selfish. Mm. Yours is lady, lazy. <laughs> Probably also lady. <laughs> Justine, cut that out, Justine. Justine, cut it out. Justine, don't let that go into the podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking kill me. No, don't. Oh, okay, back in the room, Justine, cut that out. <clears throat> Yours is lazy. So my trigger word is lazy. What's your trigger word? No, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Mine is selfish. Justine <laughs> can't edit that in. No. You, no, I'm never going to be able to say it now. Your trigger word is lazy, but mine is selfish. Where does that come from? If you are willing to talk about it. Um, it comes from every time I set boundaries with my family in any way because I am tired or exhausted or traumatized by them. Um, <laughs> they call me selfish because they can't respect the boundary. Uh, yeah. Mm. Shit. I know. And so now I have this huge complex around being selfish. So every time I have to cancel on people or every time I have too much work or every time I have to like prioritize, well, not really myself because I'm not making myself happy, but every time the reality of my existence means that I can't do something, I have to cancel or I don't have more time for people. The selfish word mm. is just there. And sometimes you have to be, and I don't think it's, you don't think, I don't even think it's selfish, but you have to put yourself first. I don't think that's selfish. To like that's a way of recovering. Sorry, no, I just thought about it again. <laughs> no. oh. You gotta stop. I've got to stop. stop. I'm gonna. I'm really bad with corpsing. Every time I know, I shouldn't corpsing. laugh. Corpsing is like um, it's the word. For, why is it corpsing? What, what that's horrible. The- it's the word for when you um can't stop laughing in a professional, often acting space where you have to stop laughing. So it's like oh, when actors laugh be- in the middle of a scene, they're yeah, corpsing. So that, must, that must be because. When you're pretending to be a corpse, you can't laugh. Uh, I'm just guessing. This guy is clever. I'm just guessing. Right? That must be it. Is this because you've had to figure out so many like random British phrases <laughs> now that you're just very good at guessing which one must be? Right. Go, let's go into my British person head. Like, how would they be thinking? Uh, <laughs> oh, if you're a corpse, you can't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Colonialism's the best. <laughs> British people. What are we like? Horrible, horrible fascists. <sighs> this is going to be the world's shortest episode. <laughs> Maybe like the topic is energy. Anyways, thanks for coming. I mean, in a way, it's like an interesting metaphor for energy because we're unable to focus because our minds have been shattered into a thousand pieces by exhaustion. <laughs> Funny observation. <laughs> I'm in a really uh, kind of self-pitying place at the moment because there's so many projects that I want to do and I'm, I'm really busy. Not in like, oh, I'm so busy kind of way, but just like there's so many things happening and there's things that, that ha- they have to happen. So it's not like I'm so successful, everything's going great. It's like in order to pay my rent, I need to have all these things happening. Mm. But because I do 10% of what a, an awake person could do, like someone who isn't battling with all this shit in their heads. I'm just like frustrated. Like I have today, I have three things I have to do. I have the energy to do two of those things, 
But I have to do all three. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss out on an opportunity if I don't do the third thing. Like that's mm. going to hold me back career-wise, socially, in every kind of way. And then I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow because I'm going to have like more energy and I'll be like, oh, I wish that thing was today. And then it's just, yeah, I just feel really, just like I'm held back by this like, in, like an annoying childhood stuff that sh- I know I can't say shouldn't be a thing anymore because that's not how it works. But that's like the irrational feeling you get of like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Why can this not just be dealt with so that I can like be a normal person? Which I know it's yeah. not, that, there's no such thing as a normal person, but that is the, again, the irrational sort of, oh. That's how you've been feeling. conditioned to feel about yeah. it. Because we don't talk about mental health enough to understand complex PTSD at all. Mm-hmm. Or spoons, which is why I love spoon theory. Oh, yeah. I, I, I talked a lot about spoons with my therapist. Turns out she didn't know it. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh, so I didn't have the spoons then. And she's very, she's German. And at one point she was just like, where had you put the spoons? <laughs> like, <laughs> Why did you feel a connection with the spoons? I don't understand. Wait, we need to talk about which spoons are this. So, <laughs> did your mother so give you sorry. the spoons? I think, no, she did absolutely not give me the spoons. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it's useful though, right? Do you find it useful? Spoon theory, in case anyone doesn't uh, know about it, um, is a, <clears throat> it's a way of explaining fatigue to people. So it was originally used as like a metaphor uh, to explain how chronic fatigue affects you. So um, people with a normal level of energy in their life or who don't have uh, a disability that would affect them physically or like mental health conditions that would physically exhaust you and mentally exhaust you wake up with, say, 40 spoons and everything that you do in your day takes one spoon. Um, So that's like one unit of doing stuff is a spoon. Um, But someone with chronic fatigue, for example, or um, like certain mental health conditions would wake up with three spoons and literally everything in your day costs a spoon. So brushing your teeth is a spoon, getting out of bed is a spoon, brushing your hair is a spoon, uh, getting on the train to go to work is a spoon. So if you have three spoons, of course, you can't leave the house. So it's like quite a good way of just understanding people's reality a bit better it stems from a blog post written by a woman who had i think it was chronic fatigue of m what's it called m m e m e how was i gonna guess was like m or to say another letter uh, s uh, yeah, m e and the it stems from her explaining it to a friend in a restaurant so she just took a bunch of spoons that's where spoons comes from so she was like right imagine you have this amount that's and what i got the most out of with the spoon theory was it was in some facebook group at some point a few years ago uh, someone used the spoon theory to explain their mental health issues. And then there was a, a person who had, uh, I think, chronic fatigue, uh, or ME, who went and said, no, you, it's, it's problematic that you use this. And then, of course, when you hear that, you go, oh, shit, have I done something? And you kind of think about it. And then you, I had a conversation with this person who then ended up saying, because it's not the same, because if, if it's a physical thing, you can't actually physically do these things. And I was like, this is amazing, because this is exactly what you need the... So I was like, no, no, that's exactly what it is. You can't mm-hmm. physically do it, even though you are physically, technically capable of doing it, your brain cannot let you do it. And then she was like, oh. And it was just this amazing moment of going, oh, I, now, I'm, even though I don't have this mental thing, I understand that that is what it can do. Mm-hmm. And, it can, and I understand how it can be so hard. Also from like the people who did call me lazy, I understand if you don't, if you're not feeling that way and you can't empathize with it you don't know it's a thing you just see someone lying in bed every single day for two months you're like lazy i can see how you reach that if you don't know that it's a physical thing you're like unable to get out of bed Mm. and it's like it's 
Yeah, and you just don't have the spoons. And I was trying to explain to my therapist, I was like, sometimes like, it's each step. And I was thinking about it because I was looking up, it was like a cafe to meet a friend, and I was looking up which cafe would be closest. And we're talking like two minutes or four minutes, I'd be like the one with two minutes. Because the idea of walking two minutes longer would be like, yeah, but then I just, I just can't, I'll cancel, because mm-hmm. that'll be too much. And that is hard to... I think it's hard as a stubborn person to accept. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, no, I don't want to have this. And my therapist is like, that's not helping. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Do you think it's like a place of shame where you want to be more quote unquote high functioning? Like what, where does it come from? Or is it actual, uh, like actual realistic pressure to do more and panic about it? It's a bit of the realistic, like I need to pay rent stuff, but it's also just, it feels unfair it just feels really unfair. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you're in a, in a bit of a dark place, which I think I've been, been like a natural dark place, like it's because I'm dealing with shit in therapy, so it's meant to be a bit dark sometimes. Then, and you just, you, I say you, I become more aware of people like on social media who are just, and I notice their energy more than anything. It doesn't even matter what they're doing. It's just like, like my friend today went to the Sioux with his kids and I was like voluntarily <laughs> like what you just went but you, you had no plans and then you made plans why did you make plans you could just be at home what, and it was just I was like oh my god imagine having that energy to be like I'm gonna do something fun ah <laughs> no you do what's necessary and then like what's absolutely necessary and then you stay at home to try and get more energy yeah to try and recuperate yeah and then i see people just like having casual fun just being like chill because they just don't have these battles in their heads and i'm like oh it feels so unfair because i want to do that because like i'm 30 and if i hadn't had all this stuff in my head i mean i'm just gonna say i have always worked with like 10 percent of what i could have done imagine Like, I'm pretty great, and I have a pretty good career. Imagine. You would win Best Newcomer every year. I would just keep winning Best Newcomer. (laughs) They'd start creating new awards (laughs) given to me, do three shows every year. It's that feeling of, like, uh, you you know, you can look at the the positive side. And here's the main thing, right? And the main thing is uh, I have been really frustrated in the past couple of months because I've had no energy because I've dealt with shit which and I can see in retrospect now who, that I've taken that out on a lot of people who meant well mm-hmm. so people have been like hey love your stuff and I've been like my, my instinct have been to be like oh just because I have nothing left so whenever there's any kind of interaction I've been like oh of course I've not like done that to people but I've tried to avoid certain situations so that I wouldn't have to deal with anyone and that makes me like oh my god then I'm going to seem like this horrible bitch because I'm like I cannot I cannot I like take me out the back exit because I cannot deal and then you feel like a cunt but actually you're just like I don't have that extra piece of energy and that's annoying emotionally exhausted yeah Mm. that's annoying yeah do you what do you do to try and recuperate energy um alone I need to be alone yeah not leave my house yeah, that same. Just, just oh need God. to be in the house. Just need to be alone. I yeah. can work at, at, at my as long as I don't have to shower or anything. I have to be in bed. I can just work in bed. That's what I need. And then there are certain people in my life that you realize you energy. just said that you would work on your. I was like, how do you get energy? And you were like, I get in the bed and I work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's work that works fine. Work gives me energy. Really, but it's people and being outside and oh, dealing okay. like 
if I, if I have if I if I'm home alone, I've had a few days. Oh, I can easily work. That won't cause anything. Mm-hmm. It's if I'm stressed already and I have to do things and I can't do the, then the work will stress me out. I do understand that because I I also work on my days off. But I was sort of oh, yeah. interested to. I guess we also live in uh, the fascinating millennial economy where you have to have like five side hustles mm-hmm. and you're expected to work constantly and then when you're not working you should be on the gram so (laughs) (laughs) i guess there's that as well (laughs) i think it's quite like the emotional economy of people our age and or like our generation and younger must be very difficult for people from older generations to understand like we are all burning out like the burnout culture for millennials is just it's vast like so many of my friends that don't have complex ptsd are just burning out from the reality of their day-to-day lives and then Mm. you know my my sweet trauma friends oh we're fucked (laughs) so it's just uh it's bizarre i wonder if we'll look back on this this period um and the the job market that people our age are dealing with and the way that we're expected to function and the way that the normal hallmarkers of like growing up and you know we can't afford houses we can't like the normal hallmarks of being older and progressing with your life are now gone so we're all just adrift in this sea of like not being validated and continuing to work hard constantly jake are you laughing because it's the reality of your life (laughs) (laughs) please give jake our very hard working techie a round of applause he's fantastic Jake has to go to his next side hustle in, what, about 10 minutes, babe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, burnout culture, man. It's crazy. So I think what we should add to the commandments mm. is um, something like... I can't just want to say, like, people are dealing with shit you can't see. Yeah. With that in mind. That's a good commandment. Yeah. I don't think I give up that vibe on, like, social media. Well, no, because you're sitting in your bed working and tweeting. <laughs> but yeah. No, but also I'm like, Peter's like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm not really like dead in bed again. Mm. So this, that is also happening, this tiredness. Yeah. So people deal with shit you can't see. Uh, Justine, add that to the commandments. Excellent. And now it is time for the thing of the week. The thing we're plugging this week has got that extra special thing that makes it unique. So the thing of the week that I would like you to all go and check out this week is Drag Syndrome. Um, They are an awesome drag collective based in London that's for uh, drag performers with Down Syndrome. They're amazing. Please go and check them out. Um, They also have just the best names. Uh, Harora Shibang is my favourite. But I think my absolute favourite of um, this group of people is Justin Bond. He's an awesome king. So yeah, go and check out Drag Syndrome. I know that they uh, travel all over the place. They perform a lot in London as well. They're great. Cool. And now, the prayer. Uh, To close the meeting... We will do a little prayer so we can all carry this in our hearts uh, till the next cult meeting where you will all come back. Please uh, do whatever kind of gesture you want to do in order to do the prayer. (laughs) I stand before you today as your daddy to lead you in prayer. Please repeat after me. We will pray for Brian Switek. We will pray for Brian Switek. Amateur paleontologist. 
Amateur paleontologist. Fossil fanatic. Fossil fanatic. Paleo enthusiast. Paleo enthusiast. We pray that Brian Switek. We pray that Brian Switek will never see another naked dinosaur in his life. May all his velociraptors be plush. We pray for Brian. We we pray for Brian Switek. We pray for Brian Switek and his beloved Brontosaurus. And his beloved Brontosaurus. We will give Secret Dinosaur Cult a five-star rating on iTunes. We will tell at least two friends about it. We will become pa- we will become patrons on Patreon.com. Thank you, daddies. You're welcome, children. You're welcome. Now, Sophie has a very important engagement in Soho, so we wish Sophie well as she escapes the building. Um, thank you so much for being an amazing audience. And, I mean, I love this sweet basement. I think we're going to stay here because it's creepy as fuck. Um, if any of you haven't grabbed badges yet, there are more badges on the way out. Um, but, yeah, come back next time. That's the end of the show. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Stressful, but um, it's been so nice seeing. Oh,